my miners of intelligence and consciousness. I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today with me, I have the legend, Bill Gillespie, world record bench holder, NFL player, strength coach. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on your show. Bill, you've lived a wild life, and <laughs> I, um, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with excellence, and I'm I'm obsessed with people that have drive. Because I I I'd like to think of myself as that type of per, of person, but you you actually done it. You've lived the dream, and I I want to know kind of have you always been this way? Have you always had this drive? Like I mean, you made it to the NFL. Was that your was that you know, when you were a kid? Is that what you wanted to do, or is this something that just it just you kind of fell into? Well, I always dreamed of being able to work with elite athletes. And so um, after working at the University of Washington, it opened up for me to go to the Seattle Seahawks. And so uh, I love I love being around uh, men of similar passion, you know, drive. And one of the outliers about the NFL players is the fact that um, – Everybody assumes they're there because they're just talented. But the fact is, is that most of them are there because they're extremely competitive. And uh, I remember uh, there was a day in that weight room where $200 wasn't bet on something, you know, push up, pull up, <laughs> who knows? It was crazy. But they just had to compete. They just had to. Uh, you know, remind me of a hunting dog, you know, a dog that was bred to hunt. That dog's got to hunt, you know, and that's what these guys Man, these guys got to compete, and that's one of the reasons why they raised to the level that they they, they did. It's and and they're not afraid to lose. You know, uh, they'll they just want the opportunity to compete. And I see so many people afraid of failure, and it's inhibiting them to compete. And they never know what they're truly capable of becoming. I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I find that you know in my life too fear is it's the it's the worst possible thing for humanity and people it 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 paralyzes you and it keeps you stuck you stay in the same place i loathe comfort i think it's it's one of the most dangerous things like we all live very very comfortable lives and if you continue to live a comfortable like sedentary life there's there's a a, a whole list of diseases associated with that so i'm a, i'm 100% with you in that and and being around that and inspiring that like it must have been a fantastic uh you know a fantastic a fantastic job so one job that you would you couldn't wait to get to i would assume Yes. Yes. I, I, I love working with uh, elite athletes. I love that opportunity. Uh, when I didn't get the opportunity to work with the elite, um, it was frustrating at times because they pretend to be elite. They fake it like they're elite, but they're faking it because they are afraid to compete. Um, many times, not always, but many times. And you, you're, it's, it'd be easy as a strength coach to correct these problems physically. If the athlete would believe in themselves, to <coughs> take the step out, come out of their comfort zone and go and try to do the things that they need to do to become who they should be. But they're so afraid of failure that so many times they won't come out of their comfort zone or they question the value of the hard work that it's going to take to get there because the deep down inside, they don't believe in themselves. And so you first have to go and address that when you're working with these athletes and selling them on the idea, listen, you've got to believe in yourself. The, you know, and, the, and what they always do is they always look at the seniors who are so successful and they think, well, that guy was just that way. He came here that way. And you're like, no, he was just like you. And just like myself, you know, I came out of college. Uh, I benched for 10 years at that point, And I went to the first drug-free nationals. <coughs> I benched 341 pounds. I sucked at the bench press. All right. For a competitive lifter, I was not gifted. Uh, at the age of 35, 
around there, 34, 35. My bench was stuck around 440, 450. And people would say, well, if, you know, many people told me that's as good as you're ever going to get. And, uh, you know, I, I heard that so many times in my life, how I should quit. I should quit. You've done everything you could achieve. Uh, I benched 639, and everybody told me, you're never going to bench anymore. You should stop. I benched 700. They told me to stop. You're never going to do anymore. And my grandmother took me aside and told me, don't you ever stop uh, competing. This is who you are, and I, I don't want to hear from you that you're going to quit. And, uh, you know, when you're a little tiny, I mean, five, two little grandmas up in your face going, hey, hey, let's get it going, you know. And you know deep down, you've seen how tough she is. You just go, man, all right, grandma, I'm, hey, I'll keep it going. And uh, that, I, I think my mom picked up that um, determination from my grandmother, and I picked it up from my mother. And I've always been a very determined individual. Um, in high school, I lost a wrestling match. I should have never lost. I'm at the school dance that night and I'm disgusted with myself because I know it was my fault. And, you know, this is back in the late seventies. So excuse the dress mm -hmm. code back then, but you know, we were a disco there, you know, with the platform shoes and the bell bottom pants, you know, no, oh, yeah. and uh, I'm really, I'm really stating my age right now. It's, you know, but, uh, I'm sitting there at that dance and I'm thinking, I'll never be that guy ever again. I'll never be that guy ever again. I'm never going to go into a competition not ready. And I walked out of that dance and I started running home. Now, you got to know that I hate running. But uh, even when I was lean, I still hated running. Uh, yeah, any kind of distance, couldn't do it. Sprints, I was pretty good at. But distance, can't do it. And... Um, I started running, and when it hurt, I told myself, you're going to run even faster. And when it hurt even more, I'm going to run even faster. You know, and you're running with these platform shoes, and yeah, it hurt. Probably wasn't good for me. But you know what? I determined in my mind at that point in time, I will never, ever lose again uh, because of my lack of preparation. And, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of setbacks. You know, I don't know if you know but uh, I attempted the world record uh, 20 times in, uh, what's it, seven different meets and missed every wow. single one of them. You know, and people were telling me, quit. People very close to me, quit. You're never going to do it. You're 62 years old. You've tried. You've done everything that you can. Your health is falling apart. Give up and get take care of your life. And I'm like, I was determined to give it one more shot. And I told the people around me that this last meet was going to be my last meet. And the people at the meet knew I didn't do any, I didn't say anything publicly, but, uh, but the people at the meet knew it was my last meet. My first attempt, I started, I just went for broke. I went for the world record on my first attempt. And in powerlifting, when you start with the world record or whether you start with any weight, you can't lower the weight if you miss it. So I started with 1129, went to bring it down, got halfway, my right hamstring cramped up. When your right leg cramps, the bar goes to the left, and there's no way I was going to get it. And I said, grab it. Came out the second attempt. I didn't get in proper position. I, my chest went flat, and the weight felt Okay, I know it felt heavy. Okay, it should feel heavy, yeah, but it felt it's really a, yeah, heavy. Yeah, that's it. That's a, it's eleven twenty nine, man. This is a world record. This is big boy weight, Ronnie Coleman style. You know what I'm saying? Lightweight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I yelled, "Grab it!" Just about the time it was ready to touch my chest, I knew there was no mm -hmm. way I would could press it up. And uh, I sat there, and I'm gonna be really honest with you. You know, my spiritual life is really important to me, and. Uh, I told God, I said, God, I'm going to tell you straight out, uh, thank you. Thank you. Whether I make this lift or don't make this lift, I'm content. I I'm just want to say thank you that you've allowed me to compete at something I love for 50 years. For something that I, I got 50 years of, of training 
at the highest level. I got an opportunity to push myself and to get to know myself through this 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 uh this week in week out uh battling hurting can't sleep at night uh uh giving up my social life giving up personal pleasures everything i gave up to go and get there and i went and i wanted god to know thank you whether i was successful or not i was okay i was completely content now well after i said that to god i said now god if you got any tips <laughs> now's the time <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and instantly i thought move your hands out one eighth of an inch so that's good and then bring the bar down slightly faster slightly and you know i'm i'm sure all the people that were in there watching the meet expected no you know miss number 21 you know and i brought that bar down and i thought okay i'm in pretty good position i didn't think i was in great position i didn't feel like i was at my strongest going in the meet but i felt pretty good and when the official yelled press because you got to pause he -hmm. said press the weight came up so fast it startled me it was i i i didn't i was like what just happened and i'm like going uh, you know, I, I had a meet before where my spotter mm-hmm. grabbed the bar prematurely and, no. and put it in the rack. And I'm just all, all confused. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, he better not have grabbed that bar this time. And because uh, it just shot right up. And then they held me extra long because it was the all time world record. And then he said, rack it. And then I went crazy. I went and celebrated like, like a madman. But I was so thankful. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, to this day, I never call it my lift. Um, I call it the lift because of the fact that I felt like God and all these people who invested in my life over the last 50 years, hey, they're part of it. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't even sniff that kind of thing if I hadn't had all these people who invested in my life to help me get there. And so now my dream is to take that 50 years that I invested into it and reflect on it and be able to share with individuals who don't have 50 years to invest in trying to set the all-time world record. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of insight. That's a lot of sacrifice and dedication. Um, leading up to smashing this world record, right? Like what 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 was your training like? What was your what was your what what kind of rep scheme were you doing? Well, um, okay. Uh, I bench in what they call equip lifting, where you wear a bench press shirt. It's a special shirt okay. to help you lift. Understand? It makes the lift far more complicated, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so what I did was I uh, simplified my programming, where I minimized the amount of uh, exercises that I did. To where I only did the exercises that I got the biggest bang for the buck. If I, if the bench press is super sensitive to uh, energy consumption. So if you're mm-hmm. wasting energy doing something or confusing the motor pattern to where the muscles don't contract cor- correctly, it's like sort of like we use the word train, but, but what about training your dog? Are you training your dog to sit or sick them? You know what I'm saying? So I want that mm-hmm. muscle... I want that muscle to sick them. So when it contracts, boom, it's trained to know how to react under that stress to be able to uh, exhibit far more strength than what I'm capable of. Again, I'm not the strongest man in the world. I'll never claim to be. I just have lifted more than any man has ever lifted in history. And there's a difference. That's got to feel good to say that, though. (laughs) After 50 (laughs) years, that's feel good. Yeah. Yeah, how, how you're in your uh, well, you did this when you were 63, 62, right? 62. 62 years old. Yeah. yeah, so th- that's I mean, that gives me hope because I want to I want to maintain strength into my later years as well. Like, I'm, I'm just I'll never stop lifting just because of that. Like, there, you, there really isn't. I love people, guys like you, women, men, women like you are super important because, like, a lot of people just 
phone it in, you know, after mm-hmm. their 30s to shit. Sometimes even their 20s, they just stop working out and then they just let all this potential go to waste. And, and you are proof, right? If you continue, if you stay dedicated to your goals and you continue on that path of fitness, you're going to be in good shape. You're going to be strong. You're stronger than, I mean, you can bench, you bench more than me, man. My best bench was 315. That's it. <laughs> Benching, <clears throat> I try not to bench because I'm just afraid I'll, I'll mess up my shoulder. I do a lot of push-ups and like dumbbell stuff, but, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it is tempting. Bench is like, it's one of those lifts, right, that, you know, that's the first thing anyone asks you. Like if they don't, you know, how much do you bench? How much? You'd be like, well, you know, I bench 1129.8 pounds on a good day. <laughs> the key is this consistency. Uh, never miss a workout. All right. And then one of the main things I do is if I can, if I'm capable of doing the weight 10 times, I'll only do it five or six. All right. Because um, I'm training the nervous system. Uh, when, uh, when you want to be fast, I used to be a track coach. So that's why I always could relate everything to speed training. But if I want to be fast, I would never go and take a kid out and make him do <laughs> super long sprints because after a while, he certainly isn't going to be running very fast. Okay. And the mm-hmm. training effect isn't the first 60 meters or whatever yards. It's the last and so when you go and do it 10 times with a weight that I would stop at six, your last three are awfully slow, too slow, okay? And what I do is I stop before that so that I'm still training the nervous system so that I can exhibit speed and power. Okay. So you're yeah. you're, you're when you're in, in training for this, are you always using the shirt to bench or are you doing some of it free? No, I do. I do a lot of raw training, um, okay. and what I do, what I what I do, it, it, okay. Uh, I, people ask me how much I can bench raw all the time, and yeah. um, okay, what I try to explain to them is this: uh, at one point in time, I uh, when I was at the University of Washington, I got really good at weighted dips. Okay, um, I mm-hmm. wanted to see how much I could do, so I got up to eight forty-five pound plates. For six Jeez. reps. All right. Oh now, that was great, but it didn't make my bench go up at all. I just got really good at weighted dips. The same thing could be true on your raw bench. If you go and push your raw bench to be too high, then it's taking energy away from the shirt and it doesn't always transfer to the shirt. And that's all I care about is how much can I bench in the shirt? And so what I've had to do is I've had to reduce my raw max down a hundred pounds so that I can move the bar in just the right technique in just the right speed to make sure that it transfers to the shirt. And, um, I don't waste it. Uh, I'm not wasting energy so that when I go in the shirt, um, it, it's there for me and I can do, I can have a great workout. Otherwise, I'm, you know, we're all tempted, you know, I'm tempted just like everybody else. I want to see, oh, you know, yeah. I want to see how much I can do, but you know what I learned, I learned after a while. I said, wait, it's either, I could either do it today, uh, in the gym, this raw bench, or I could save it and put up the biggest bench of, uh, in history. It's to me that that's, was more fun. Hundred percent. I'm I'm still blown away that you were able to uh, do 360 pounds uh, off of dips, like with you know eight four. That's insane to me. That was that's insane. Crazy. And it's yeah. also I, I also feel, yeah, that's fucking crazy, dude. That's that's so <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. Do you have a video of this? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to go to your Instagram. No like, man, no. Huh? We. Uh, well, I uh, wish we had cell phones back then. I would have loved to got the video of that one. Uh, oh, you yeah, would be, yeah, yeah. That's that that's insane. So, so you're doing your your, and then how? Another question I have: How did you figure out like to you needed to reduce your raw bench by a hundred pounds in order to um, 
how did you figure out that reducing your raw bench would tra- would translate to more strength in the shirt? Like, was this just something that you were playing around with and you kind of figured out, or is there like actual like science behind this by chance? No, no, there's no science. No one, uh, there's no one to really lean on for that. Uh, it's from failure, from failure. Yeah. The times I tried it and I failed over and over again, and I went, "Wait a minute, this 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 isn't working." So I had to go and figure it out. You know, I keep notes of everything that I do, every workout I do. I have notes on it so that I can re- look back and I can reflect on what worked, what didn't work, what is what exercise is contributing to uh, me being able to do a different exercise more uh, 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 appropriately, and then f- feeding off of those exercises. That's okay. So, and then in terms of reps, you're doing like, are you doing like three by threes or is it generally like a five by five? I do a lot of five by five. And I tell people out there all the time that if you had to pick one type of workout to do, do five by five. Um, It's phenomenal. Uh, It's better than probably 98% of all routines. Um, I do a lot of, I'm doing five by five right now. Um, but a lot, a lot of my guys love going five by five. Uh, what, and and the other thing is, is in the world of lifting, um, I know it's almost heresy to say this. All right. Uh, because everybody says you have to have all this variety. Okay. And, uh, (laughs) I kind of found out that no, you don't, uh, you don't have to have as much variety as you think you do. Um, the Bulgarians back in the 80s dominated the world of weightlifting. Dominated. Okay. Now everybody said, well, they're on drugs. Well, so was every other country. So let's eliminate that from the equation. Okay. But yeah. um, they went and uh, all they did was train five exercises. That's all they did. They did, you know, clean, snatch, push, uh, jerk, uh, squat, probably front squat. You know, that's it. They didn't train anything else, but they got really, really, really good at those lifts. And so what I did is I took that approach on my exercise selection. I took the former Soviet Union's approach on um, on my uh, weight s- selection and the tempo of the bar. And then I took Louis Simmons from Westside and implemented some West of the things I did. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, are you, uh, you know, are you, are you connected with him by chance? I was in the movie. Shit. You were in, you were in West side barbell, <laughs> man. This is the, oh, dude, this is the second time this happened to me. I, I just had, to, I did an interview with, um, uh, Dr. Sarah Seeger and she's like, I was in ancient aliens. And I was like, shit, I, I knew, dude, I knew that. Were you, were you, you were in, were you in Ohio at that time? Uh, you, you, I, you I just went, fly up there to train. I just go up there once in a while to go train with Louie and just hang out <sighs> and learn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a lot of his books. Um, uh, my mentor is in credited with a lot of the, ideas. you know, the whole bands that the, everybody uses. Yeah, he, yeah, my yeah. mentor told Louie about the bands. Oh my goodness. The so weight yeah, release. Have he, you ever yeah. heard of weight release? No, I can't he, say that I have. I probably uh, have. I would need to. I'm going to pull them up. They uh, hook on the bar, and then you can lift, come down with more weight. And then just as you touch your chest, the weight comes off, and then you push up the lighter weight. And my mentor saw the Russians using that for um, Olympic lifting. And he said, man, we could redesign this thing and make it even better for the bench press and squat. So uh, he redesigned it, and then a, f- a friend, not a friend, an acquaintance, took the idea, patented, and uh, took credit for it. Um, mm. So he never gave us any credit for it, nothing. So I refused to re- do an article about it or anything because <laughs> <laughs> dirty. But uh, yeah, 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 we've been uh, we've been very massively involved with uh, Louis and Westside and what Louis contributed to the world of strength training has been amazing. And oh, it's, uh, a, it's why, it's why I'm opening up and sharing because 
you know, you know, cause Louie did it, you know? And I'm like, Hey, I'm 62. Um, I've done what I need to do. Now it's time for me to share all this information. Yeah. It's, I love that community. I got into weightlifting when I was in the eighth grade and it's not like I'm not huge or anything. I'm, I'm, I think that I'm a decently sized human. Right. And I was taught mm-hmm. by this, uh, this old guy named Rex Rice. Shout out to Rex Rice. I walked in the gym. He's like, what it is, man, we're going to get strong today. And I mean, he had, he had us on all the, like pretty much Soviet block training. We were doing, um, bench power clean front squat snatch um we did we did some some clean and jerks right all in the eighth grade and that the the foundation that that built into me as a young man and you know going through the i don't power clean anymore though i hate that lift but uh (laughs) it's good for you but (laughs) um it's really it really deeply uh, positively affected my life uh, mm-hmm. And just knowing how to lift and not being intimidated by a weight room, and I think that that's a, a big, a, a big uh, deterrent for people. It's like I mean, because you, do, I mean, I walk into you know public gyms and uh, you'd see people that just have no freaking clue what they're doing. But um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it's, it's funny. I love, I love that. I, I don't know how I miss that. That's on me. But um, I think that's so cool that you're, you're right in there with the greats. I mean, obviously, but it, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's super cool. I, I got to get Louie on the show. Well, maybe I'll have you both on. We can talk oh shop. That'd gosh. be fantastic. But Man, good luck. I don't know. Louie doesn't do a whole lot of these things. <laughs> no, he's a he's a he's an interesting cat. I mean, but that whole gym, were you ever in the gym when he was like giving those? Because a lot of the 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 lifters, the the huge guys, right? They they worked out for free, and um, I I mean, I would watch. I watched all the 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 kind of the underground footage of him giving him speeches and just like really getting him like it. It's not. It's more. It was about more than Westside was about more than lifting, right? It was a. It was a lifestyle. It was a philosophy. And when you get to that elite level where you are, that's that's what it's about. It's it's so much more than that. And and um, the gym. You're you're never gonna be disappointed. Uh, on days that you go to the gym, right? Like it, it always gives back to you. It's, it's, I look at it like a garden. Like if you take care of it and, and you continue to nurture that, that, that it'll feed you, it'll feed your soul. So, um, yeah, that's, I, that's, I uh, absolutely agree that, uh, the environment is the key. <clears throat> if you go to West side and expect to see shiny new bars and clean equipment and all the bar, uh, plates picked up, ain't going to happen, all right? The dust in that place is like inches thick, okay? Um, it's, it's, you, you, you got you to work your agilities just to walk through the weight room because plates are everywhere. But the attitude is we're going to break you. We're going to try to kill you, uh, especially back in the day. Um, Brandon Lilly, who now works for us at Sornex, um, he was at West Side, trained there for an extensive long uh, while. And uh, Brandy came and watched me train with my guys. And he was just like, oh, my gosh, you guys make me sick. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you're actually encouraging <coughs> each other. You want to see each other be successful? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to, at the same time, I want to see him go up 100 pounds, but then I still want to beat him. And he goes, man, not, not us, man. At Westside, we're trying to hurt each other, man. Our goal was to get the guy hurt so we, we didn't have to compete against him anymore. I'm like, holy smokes, man. And they, they would pick stuff that just hurt each other. They, did, they, they It made no sense at all to do some of the stuff that they did. But they got strong yeah. because of the attitude in there. And the guys that I'm training with now, the thing that changes you is the fact that it's like when Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, and they see mm-hmm. me, they know who I am, and all of a sudden they see me do eleven twenty-nine. Then all of a sudden they're like, "Yeah, I can get a thousand. You know, you know, uh, a, a, a trick in the weight room. The strength coaches figured out a long time ago. Uh, my mentor uh, did this uh, when I first got to Liberty. 
the biggest dumbbell we had was 65 pound dumbbells. Well, nobody touched the 65 pound dumbbells because they were the heavy dumbbells. Well, then we got 80 pound dumbbells. Well, then everybody did the 65s, but they wouldn't touch the 80s. Well, then we got a hundreds. All right. You know how it's going to work. So then mm -hmm. we ordered new dumbbells and we got dumbbells up to 180 pounds. And I asked Dave Williams, I said, why'd you get 180 pound dumbbells? He goes, because I want them to use the 150s. <laughs> and that's how people are. People are, you know, you're talking about college athletes. Guys are scholarship athletes and they're still timid and not they're like, well, that's the heavy one. Based on what? Based on what? What tells you that's the heavy one? I mean, heavy is a relative term. So don't sit there and be limited based off of some number. All right? Uh, step out there. Compete. Enjoy grabbing the big ones and see what you can do with them. As long as you can do it safely. You know, I'm not telling anybody to go do something that's not safe. But. Uh, you gotta want to go anytime we used to get a new piece of equipment. I want to see how much weight I could put on it. I want to see what it would take to break the machine. Cause I wanted to, I just love to load the weight up, you know? Um, it's just, it's just who, it's just who you are, you know? But then you get the other guys who, well, um, I was, I won't tell you what school it was at, but you know, I had the women's golf coach. She's on the uh, reverse hyper. And she's got uh, two 45-pound plates on each side. Well, one of the defensive linemen came up and wanted to use the machine after her. And he goes, he goes, he goes to start taking the weight. Uh, uh, no, he, he was doing it. And then he started taking the weight off of her. And he looked at, she looked at him and said, I'm sorry, son. I was actually going to put more weight on the on the machine, oh. and, uh, <laughs> and I knew I helped coach her, and I knew that was going to happen. And I'm just standing there, going, "Oh my gosh! I wish I had a camcorder right now." Because this great kid, very competitive guy, but it was just such a classic example of this is what I'm comfortable with. I don't really feel like going out of my comfort zone. Uh, I just want to get through this today. And when you take that mentality, um, you're never going to know what you're capable of doing. Get out of your comfort zone. Go ahead and hurt. Uh, it, a pain is just a feeling. That's all it is. It's just, just a feeling. weakness leaving the body. Yeah, I gotta, says, yeah. Uh, yeah. I do have a question for you. Like on days when you're not feeling lifting, what do you do? How do you get over that? How do you combat that? Oh, you mean those 363 days out of the year? The, the, <laughs> other, than the, other than the two days I didn't. I tell, I tell people, you know what? If you had a bad day in the weight room, they're like, yeah. I said, I've had a bad decade. Okay? So don't – from 49 to 59, you know, I, I just thought I'm too old. I'm never going to go and get any better. I've just – I've hit the top. But you know what? The discipline of what you do day in, day out is going to take you through that and get you to, to where you could be successful. Now, if I go into a workout and I go, man, it's just not there today. What I do is I take, uh, I got this from a great lifter uh, back in the eight, from the 80s, Mike Bridges. And Mike would take his third warm up and he would do it for three sets of three. And by doing it for three sets of three, by the third set, normally he felt like doing it. I've done it for no, as many as six sets of three to where I felt good. And then I went to work out and had a fabulous workout. So don't, you can, the other thing is don't ever determine how you feel if you want to be a strength athlete on how you feel lifting light weights because you don't really care about being good at lifting light weights. So some days light weights feel horrible. That's all right. Get warmed up, keep loading the bar, and watch what's going to happen. All right, if you might surprise yourself. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Um, definitely from per personal experience, some days when I haven't felt great or didn't want to be there, I end up having like a fantastic workout, and you know, and the endorphins are kicking in, and you're just like, man, that was awesome! So glad I went today. So yeah. I, I definitely relate, but I mean. I want to kind of get, you had a bad decade like <laughs> that. 
<laughs> is crazy to me because I don't. I now I'm I'm I I feel. I mean, I win. I think I win. Probably, I'm, I'm a very blessed individual, and I think that I win quite often. And um, the having a bad decade, and we've had all sorts of guests on this podcast, but I don't think. Any, I, I've had anyone that's had a bad decade of, of of a pursuit like that. To me, it it screams perseverance and patience, right? I think that I, I wrote an, um, a piece on my, on my website just about patience and um, how how certain people give up on their dreams far too soon because maybe they did it for a year. Shit, I wrote every day down my diet and my exercise for 75 days straight. And I just stopped writing, right? Like where would that like where would that blog be that whatever if I would have continued writing? We'll we'll never know, right? I stopped, yes. but mm-hmm. the, you you answered that question, right? Like you had you did this you lifted weights and pursued a goal. I mean, for 50 years, but you had 10 bad years and you still stuck with it. And I, I need to hear, I love hearing stuff like that. Cause I need, I need more of that in my life. Right. Because <clears throat> when I, when something that I'm, <clears throat> that I encounter in my life might be a small obstacle that, um, to me at the moment in the present moment it seems massive but really i can i can now reflect back to this story that you told me i had a bad decade right so this deal that you're trying to close rick or like you know you're trying to get sponsors or whatever like and you're not getting them now so what you've been doing this seriously for like a year right i i did ten, you got nine more to go and then maybe 11, but don't give up. Like, I need to hear stuff like that. And I want more stuff like that to be out in our society. That's very important. It's very inspiring. And it's incredible the amount of discipline that you would have. Like, how much doubt? How did you stop the doubt in your mind to keep going through? Like, to keep going, to keep showing up? You know, you know. I turned, I did 804, hit an all-time lifetime PR at 49 years of age. And it went up pretty darn good, you know? And I had a great training partner by the name of a guy named Mike Gotzel. And uh, he, he really pushed me, all right? And so uh, he, you know, he had been a football player, finished playing, did a GA uh, uh, with uh, the football staff. So he was able to train with me. When he left, <laughs> all of a sudden I didn't have that environment. Plus, I was working about, 60 to 70 hours a day, six to seven days a week. week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, no time off. You just lived in that weight room all day long, trying to help that football program go from uh, FCS to FBS, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're burning the candle at both ends. I'm developing this sleep disorder that I have. And, uh, but you still keep thinking if I put this thing together correctly, I still got a chance and I came so close to getting 800 again um, in my mid fifties. I mean, within an inch of doing it in a competition and um, just couldn't get it, you know? Um, And I just kept enjoying the process of learning of what it's going to take to be successful. See, the great thing about lifting weights is this. Let's say your pursuit is to lift 300 pounds. 300 pounds doesn't change. 300 pounds is 300 pounds today. It's 300 pounds tomorrow. And 300 pounds never has a bad day or a good day. When you come in here and you go to compete against 300 pounds and it beats you, you're the person who has to go look at yourself in the mirror and go, what, what, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to compete against this weight, to be able to beat this weight the next time I step up there? Because it's not going to change. So you got to look at yourself and go, okay, here's what I got to change. You change those things in your life. And then all of a sudden you come back two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. And you get it. Who got better? I got better. You did. Yeah. I not only physically, but mentally and more discipline in my life. 
So over the years, you become more and more disciplined. You, you know, when I worked with uh, uh, Coach James at the uh, University of Washington, his whole philosophy was uh, we're not going to make any uh, as many mistakes as our opponents were. He was so thorough in his preparation. It was amazing. And, of course, when you get around someone like that, and, they, and you may not uh, know this, but uh, he had two uh, guys that were uh, his uh, – GAs uh, and assistants, uh, a guy named Urban Meyer and Nick Saban. Uh, oh, so, geez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, not, not everybody knows that. But he was a legend, and and I picked up on that, you know, uh, to, to see his attention to detail. And I started going, wait a minute. If I apply this, um, then I'll, I don't have to be the strongest <laughs> man in the world. I just have to lift more than everybody else does, and people will think I am. And that's what my approach was, you know. And so, when um, time when uh, when I got to be fifty nine, um, Liberty uh, uh, they didn't keep their word, but anyway, uh, they uh, let me go. They weren't supposed to, but anyway, that's all another subject. And it gave me time to train. I got picked up with uh, Sornex Equipment Company. And, um, so I don't sell equipment. All I do is I'm, uh, an ambassador. Yeah, brand ambassador. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I go visit college and NFL strength coaches and I just hang out with them and just say, Hey, what, you know, what can I do to help you guys? You know, it's a great job. I don't sell anything. I just show up and spend time with these guys, you know, and it's, I love it. Um, but it gives <laughs> me time to train. It gives me time and energy to recover, and so then all of a sudden, boom! Plus, plus, uh, Thorne Supplements is hooked up with uh, Sornex, so they give us all the supplements that we want. So here I am; I'm getting all the supplements I need. I get all the you know the recovery, the time to work out, to get the workouts that I need, and all of a sudden, uh, the the years, the ten years that I invested that were struggling. All right, where it wasn't getting anywhere, it doesn't seem like I was getting anywhere. All of a sudden, that foundation took me to the next level. Okay, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that. What what question? What uh, supplements are you using? You said uh, Thor. It's Thorn, correct? That's. I mean, those are uh, those are the yes. those, yeah, those are the best ones because they're uh, boy. They I think are. they're all the uh, all the studies that they. John, I need help here. Um, I, I they use them during clinical trials. I, I it's not coming to me, so pull that up. But um, I don't know. They're the best supplements. But yeah, what supplement? What's your supplementation look like? Well, I I take a. They have a multiple vitamin. Of course, I take that. I take a, a minerals. Mm. Um, I take the melatonin. Let's see what else I take. The, 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 the vitamin D. They're protein. They have two types of protein. One for just a regular protein that you can take before the workout. I take protein before the workout, and I take protein after the workout. Uh, one tip that I would, I would like to share is that I did research and found that at the age of 60 that uh, the body, they said, has to needs twice as much protein as when you're 30. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mm. make a lot of sense. Why? And I know that's not really necessarily good for me to, t- to, to take that much protein in through supplementation. And so I, I researched and figured out that what happens is as you get older, your digestive uh, 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 enzymes drop off and your ability to digest your food drops off. It doesn't isn't as good. So that's why they said you'd have to take you, uh, the research said you had to take twice as much protein. So if I take a, a digestive enzyme with my protein, then all of a sudden I'm able to utilize that protein a lot more effectively, like I was a young man, you know? So, uh, but mm. I take that. I take a lot of collagen. Um, I'm a big fan of Knox gelatin. I could go on and on and on about that and how much that what helps is, you. Uh, what, is, what is this? Okay. All right, uh, I got to the point where I couldn't even bench 100 pounds a few years ago. And a guy I coach who uh, is a pharmacist said, Bill, we've been having some luck with people trying Knox gelatin. 
K-N-O-X-S. Now I got to contact this company because I sell, I sell a ton of this stuff and (laughs) I end up having to buy it myself and I (laughs) should be getting it for free as much as I sell. Mm -hmm. But I take, I take a a teaspoon of a heapy teaspoon of uh, Knox gelatin and krill oil. And what that does is it puts, it lubricates the joints. Um, My wife's best friend uh, had, she came out to here to Virginia to um, spend some time with us. And um, she was telling us that she had knee surgery scheduled for three weeks after she le- after she left. It was going back to Washington. And I said, you know, just you should try this instead of having a surgery. Just try this. And you still can have your surgery, but just try it. I said, Get, see if it, if it helps you. A week later, she called back and she said, I canceled the surgery. I don't need it. I hear I'm hearing people all the time talking about how they can't move their joints. Their joints hurt so bad. Instantly, within three days, changes who you are. Now, here's how you know when a supplement works is when you quit taking it. And three days later, you're like, yeah. I can't move. You know? Um, the other thing we found was that um, it, we were recovering from soft tissue injuries faster. And really? all of a sudden we realize, yeah, <coughs> well, we realize what are we doing when we're working out? We're creating micro tears. And if we took mm-hmm. it, we'd actually could recover faster from the workouts. Well, that research came out and proved it absolutely to be true. So, yeah, uh, you go. Yeah, you go through the Walmart uh, Jello section and there's the secret supplement. <laughs> There it is. I, I have I have Knox gelatin. I'm pulling it up right now. It's in that orange thing, unflavored. Yep. Do you just put it in your coffee or do you eat it dry? Or John, go ahead and pop in here. Uh, uh, I, I just so your question about Thorn, they're according to their website, they are uh CGMP, which is current good manufacturing pro- food processes, manufacturing processes, uh, which is a standard set by the uh US FDA, they're NSF certified and they are uh, certified for Australia's Therapeutic, Therapeutic Goods Administration. So it's like, seems pretty legit, super duper legit. No, they're super legit, dude. They're, they're super legit. And I, I need to, I, I take, I take a ton of supplements. I don't take them um, yet, but I think that at some point I'll, I'll make the switch. I'm cheap. I'll just get everything from a, a multitude. I try, I try and stay away from anything. That's, I try and buy generally domestically or from Canada, but, um, I, uh, but anyway, sorry, back to you. Do you just take the gelatin? Do you, uh, just, t- just spoonful it or you put it in your coffee or how does that, how do you do it? Yeah, I mix it with just, uh, 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 like room temperature water and just mm-hmm. stir it up in the water and then, Take it down like that. Otherwise, uh, if you put it in really cold water, it doesn't really uh, dissolve very well. It might dissolve mm. better in hot water, but uh, I, mm. you know, I don't know how I don't know how long it's going to last if it's in hot water. But um, there's no yeah. there's no flavor to it. But yeah, because I take in my coffee, I, I put MCT oil, turmeric. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and uh, collagen in my the turmeric really I found has has definitely alleviated some of some of the aches and pains um, mm-hmm. that I, I you know I get from jujitsu which is like that's mm-hmm. jujitsu is kind of my anchor in my life right it's 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 my high motivation for cardiovascular help because I'm 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 chubby and I'm getting strangled and in all sorts of bad positions so it, it keeps me inspired to run and then um, you know I just I stop i've always lifted weight so but i'm I'm definitely i'm just honestly i've just added some of this i'm i'm, I'm buying it right now thanks amazon yeah. um i just ordered one but a few nights ago so yeah yeah, yeah. then this is it is it it's in the orange uh the orange yep. the orange thing yep. okay that's that's super cool yeah i've got two pounds coming so yep i can't wait to try this out man yeah uh, it, it's miracle worker um you know, I, I, it's amazing how some of the most simple things are uh, out there. I keep walking through the grocery store wondering, did I just walk by something that could change my life? You know, 
<laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Do you do you uh, do you CBD rubs or anything like that on 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 any joints or anything like that? No, I've tried it on my legs from because I have severe restless leg, and I tried yeah. it and it didn't it didn't help. Yeah. Uh, what what is going on? With, I don't know anything about restless leg syndrome. Like that's just um, <laughs> it's where your legs are are always moving. Like is this is there something that can be done about this, or is it just well? I don't let I, me I, tell I, you, educate I, me. I don't feel bad because I I've seen my fifth doctor and they don't seem to know either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have just where I twitch. Okay. And I don't just twitch when I go to bed, we're talking about like convulsions through oh. the day. Yeah. Um, out of control. Um, to the point where if I'm driving, I got to pull over. I can't drive. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's beyond bad. And, uh, that's what my wife was just like, she, her and I talked and she's just like, you've got, to get this under control because I don't sleep. I don't sleep at night. Uh, I just twitch all night long hurts aches. And I, I about wear out my a Theragun. I've, I use that thing all night long. Um, I, I'll do have to do the treadmill, go for walks in the middle of the night, uh, hot showers. Well, I got a whole routine that I've had to do and, uh, we're hoping, uh, a change of diet, uh, since I retired, from lifting, it's only been three and a half weeks or something like that. I've already lost 32 pounds. So, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was force feeding myself um, to get my body weight as big as, you know, round is a shape, you know? So, it's <laughs> <laughs> just not the shape everybody wants to be in. But for bench pressing, <clears throat> it works really well. So, <clears throat> I try to get as big as possible. And uh, to do that, you're eating just about everything possible that you can eat. And at 62, that's just not healthy for you to be doing that kind no. of thing. And no. uh, the way my body works, the leverages on how it works, I'm just <laughs> a lot stronger when I weigh 325, 330. And now I'm mm-hmm. dropping down uh, where I'm in the 290s now. And uh, I'm nice. planning on dropping another 40 pounds eventually. Uh, Are that, you just going to shred first, up? Yeah. I'm going to look. Are you going to get I'm a six-pack? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll race you to it. I'll race you to it. I'll race you to the <laughs> six-pack. How about that? We'll have a little competition. You, you know, I've lost uh, 80 pounds before, and people go, how can you do that? And I'm like, let's get it straight, Okay. A lot of people have lost 80 pounds. Nobody's ever benched 1129. Okay. That's hard. All right. (laughs) No, that's great. That's great. What, what, um, when you were training, like when you were ramping up to this goal, this world record, um, what, how much would you eat? How many meals like a day were you eating? If I could, if I could tolerate getting food in me, I ate. That's how bad it was. I mean, it, I tried not to eat too much junk, but, um, you know, at some point in time, so you just, you got to grab what you can grab and you just eat what you can eat, you know? And, um, especially when you're on the road as much as I was, but now it's like, because, because there's times where, you know, we're, let's say we're getting, we're visiting a family and they say, yeah, we're going to eat it too. I'm like, I can't wait till two. So I always had to pack food with me wherever I went. Cause I'm like, I have to get food in me. I have to get these calories. I can't go an extended period of time without the food. Or otherwise I'm going to lose a week's worth of training or whatever. Dude, so that's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. I- it's yeah. not definitely not in my wheel. I would love that. I feel like it would be fun. That's what I mean. Ronnie Coleman, a lot of the bodybuilders builders will say the eating was the most difficult part because they're just constantly, constantly gnawing, mowing down on food. And um, 
but now I'm just trying to I'm trying to get a six pack. This has been my goal forever, and I'm like, no need that much. I intermittent fast, and I eat you know uh, pretty healthy, and I'm running, and you know it's, it, that's that's nice. I'm, what what kind of uh, diet are you thinking about getting onto? And 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 also a second part is this because of the RLS that you're going to get on this diet? Uh, I'm hoping that it would help. Yes. Uh, so far, I've been moving towards a little more keto, trying to see mm-hmm. cutting out the carbs in my diet, and it seems like it's had a great effect on it so far. Um, what I did when I lost weight before, I found that uh, you know I'm doing all, I was doing tons of cardio mm-hmm. and uh, just hardly eating anything, and I still was having mm-hmm. trouble losing the weight. And uh, I, it came to me that all of a sudden I realized it, it had to do more than just the calories that you're eating. It has to do a little bit more hormonal, hormonal than what we, we thought. And so what mm-hmm. I did was it was pretty simple. I just didn't eat carbs and fat in the same meal. Simple. I ate every two and a half hours, ate about as much as I could eat, but I still continued to lose weight during when i ate like that so it's difficult because it's hard to find foods that don't have you know carbs and fat in the same meal but uh, could you give an example of a meal like that um like uh um uh like uh i would have um just your salad okay Hmm? have a salad but you can't have any kind of dressing that has fat in it so you get your mm-hmm. salad so you, with chicken, grilled chicken yeah, on it. Like a vinaigrette. You do like a, a vinaigrette or something like that on yes. there. I, I, I do like olive oil and salt, but yeah, uh, that has fat. So that's a, yeah. that's next. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I would, you know, there were times I would I would still do it. And I found that as, as long as I was trying to be as close as possible, I didn't mm-hmm. have to be super strict about it. Uh, but I was pretty strict about it. And I never had a cheat day. I don't. I, you know, these people tell me they got to have a cheat day. Um, I don't know enough about it, having a cheat day, to be able to say when I need to have a cheat day. But I found that my cheat days um, just weren't as frequent, frequent as other people. But when I did, like every, like, literally, seriously, every six months, it did, it did create, uh, I, my body turned into a furnace. Um, but I didn't do it as often as, as people say, you know, like every week or every month, you know, I just, the discipline is easy for me, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You've got, you're very, you have 50 years of practice. So yes, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. There's, um, yeah. And and when you say furnace, I'm assuming you're talking, cause there's this, uh, I tried this, uh, it's called, uh, Oh boy. It's like a reverse keto type thing. I don't, it's the books tomorrow. Look up. It's called, I think it's called carb night. Look up the book. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're keto, like strict keto for like six days. And then like after a workout at like noon, you just carb load for the whole week. And, and it's glory. I I ate whatever I wanted. You could drop a lot of weight doing that too. But my problem is I'm not as disciplined as you and carb a day generally turned in like carb days, three, four, and five, you know, it's not, when you get ice cream in the house, dog, it's, uh, it's hard to, it's, Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to let that stuff go with the waste down, do you? Yeah, ex- exactly. Even though it's frozen, the lies we tell ourselves. But uh, no, the, I'm I'm very I'm very 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 similar to you in that regard. Uh, I don't like if I'm on a diet, I just want to be on that diet. Like, yeah, and you know, it's easier for me to do it that way. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, well. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. I appreciate you coming on this podcast and, and sharing. And I'm going to have you on again. Like this was, um, this is incredible. I'm sure I'm going to be picking your brain again. I've, you know, I've got your contact number. So that, oh boy, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but we'll, we'll keep in contact. And uh, it was great to just sit down and and chat with you. Uh, tell folks where they can find you, uh, your Instagram, anything you want to shout out. Um, my Instagram's master underscore strength underscore and uh that's that's about it you know uh, i do facebook too but i'm about about hit the limit on that so um i'm coming up to five thousand 
friends on that one. So uh, I got to be a little careful. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I'd like to encourage people is this, is, um, you know, like we talked about, you're, you're going to have bad days. Just don't quit. All right. You're going to fail, but you're not a failure until you refuse to get up and try again. Every time you fail, it's just an opportunity to learn and to take your game a step further. And that's how you have to approach it. You have to say optimistic because it's going to be bad days. And you're never going to feel like working out, okay? It's not always going to be there. But the discipline of doing it day in, day out is going to help you get to the point to where you will have the opportunity that when you are ready, you're able to do something extraordinary. I couldn't, that's a, that's a perfect way to close, man. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. 